Wake Up. It's your early breakfast with Africa Milani. Uh, 12 minutes it is past five o'clock. In uh, just under nine hours, Finance Minister Ino Konongwane will be delivering his uh, budget speech for 2023. We know he'll make pronouncements on some portion of the debt owed by ESCOM to be taken over by a treasury. Whether that will be a third or two thirds, um, we'll know in, um, I suppose, just over 10 hours when he concludes his speech. We know he'll make some pronouncements on the extension of the 350 rand uh, social um, relief of distress grant. Uh, the president made reference to that. We know he'll offer tax incentives for uh, you and I and businesses installing uh, rooftop solar panels. Um, we know he'll probably increase sin taxes for things like tobacco and alcohol and so forth and so forth. Big question we're asking this morning, what is he going to do with state-owned enterprises? ESCOM we've dealt with already, but what about SAA? Many arguing that the sale of SAA is not being concluded because of money that is needed to take care of the liability that is contained in the balance sheet of SAA, which uh, the consortium that is intending to purchase SAA does not want to take on. Denial is another challenge for um, uh, certainly government, without a doubt. South African Post Office has issued Section 189 letters to 6,000 employees who are facing dismissal and retrenchment. Uh, They'll need about 12 billion rand of a bailout from Treasury if they are to uh, retain all those uh, jobs and all the branches uh, that are starting to be closed down in certain uh, sections. Of course, Transnet is a mess right now and we know that we need an efficient Transnet in order for this economy to grow. What does the Finance Minister do um, with all those state uh, owned enterprises. Well, Jones Gondor is a senior research analyst at NetBank. Jones me on the line now. Jones, a very good morning and welcome to the show. A very good morning to you. How would you advise the minister when it comes to those state-owned enterprises who are all knocking at his door with a begging bowl? They all have been begging uh, for, for a while now, and I think um, it's all come to a head, and uh, there has to be decisiveness. I think the uh, government has been deferring decisions on some of these entities and as you were saying in your earlier uh, statements that uh, you know it's now affecting uh, just the business continuity of a lot of these entities so um, I think uh, now it's uh, a case of saying you know, which ones continue to go uh, operationally and which ones really need to uh, either just uh, end uh, their business operations uh, or be uh, sold off well, an entity like SAA, which uh, at least there's an intention to sell it off, we're sitting with a stalemate where there's a liability on the balance sheet that uh, the consortium doesn't want to take on because they're saying this is not our debt. Why should we be uh, liable for it? Um, and uh, the finance minister and treasury is saying, no, we're not going to give SAA any more money. Make a plan. Yes, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that stalemate um, is 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 um, it, it it doesn't the, the the liabilities yes do belong uh, to the government as after the business rescue process you would expect that a, a true sale of the entity would go with its liability and so I think it, it, it it's not going to be resolved uh, very easily unless it ends up uh, in a dispute in court so I think uh, to avoid uh, all of that um, and for the entity to continue going I think there needs to be some uh, compromise uh, that needs to happen. Otherwise, we will lose more jobs uh, 
And uh, we all know that we, um, at this stage, having lost other airlines, it's key to uh, still have an operational airline, be it in private hands or public hands, but uh, not one that's uh, stuck in between um, uh, whose responsibility it is to say, was it a true sale or is it still the liability of the government? And he's clarified. Because what you're sitting with then is an an uh, SOE that is uh, chucking along, I suppose, as best as it can, uh, mm. possibly incurring more debt in the process while it tries to um, win back some of the market share, but not at nearly a rate as it could have had it been sold right. and was being run in private hands at the moment. Correct, and I think that's uh, that's the challenge. You still have. Uh, partial government uh, ownership. So, if it does fail, it fails on both hands. Um, and so that that that's the uh, long and short of it is that uh, business operations or the commercial side of the operation cannot wait for these sorts of arguments to to continue. The entity needs uh, certainty about its funding and you know how much uh, money it can continue to. Uh, is going to need to invest to continue to go as a going concern. Yeah, three and a half billion rand is sort of the amount of money we're talking about. The post office requires even more than that, possibly 12 billion rand, according to the unions. I think when you yeah. work out the numbers, it might be a bit less than that. Do yeah. we need to save the entity that is the post office? Yeah, there's a, always been an argument to say that the distribution channel is second to none in terms of reaching people. But I think that's uh, the, the 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 long and short of it is that it hasn't been working uh, efficiently or effectively for for a long time, and so I don't see the business case for it uh, to continue. I think that uh, the, the 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 number of it, the point of um, I guess its developmental impact is uh, doesn't match uh, what it, what's happening commercially with the end. Yeah, even its um, use as a way of supporting SASA and the rollout and the payment of grants, that seems to be coming at a cost to the to the post bank, uh, number yes. one. Number two, uh, the number of times we've received calls from listeners in urban centers of Gauteng and the Western Cape where they haven't have, had access to the uh, grant on time because of failure mm-hmm. in systems, not enough money, and so forth and so forth. Imagine those in the rural parts of South Africa. Yes, I mean, we've got lots of instances that we can cite of delivery failure in that sense. And so I think Africa, the, the, the point is, is that the, these entities used to be self-sustaining. And now that the operating models have failed or are failing, it now demands uh, money from the fiscus probably on an ongoing basis. And I think from where we stand is to say some of these entities, either they become a permanent feature in the, in the budget lines going forward, they're completely dependent on the state, or if they have some viability and commerciality that is a one-shot uh, in the arm and get them going, be it to be sold, uh, joint venture with private sector in some sort of uh, public-private partnership. But it needs to be decisive. Otherwise, you know, the more time we, we waste, the more it becomes a recurring one-off bailout, which is semi-permanent in the budget. No, for sure. Or rather unbudgeted, should I say. 
Yeah. One can also add the SABC to that list, uh, the Land Bank, um, Denal, which is in desperate need of a bailout. But let's spend the last few minutes we have on ESCOM. I alluded to the fact that uh, he will need to make uh, a decision, an announcement as to how much of the debt that is owing by ESCOM, Treasury will take it over, will take over, because that alongside the reforms that were announced by President uh, Ramaphosa, what, in 2019, that ESCOM will be divided up into three companies, and of course, um, all the other measures that have been discussed by the President in this most recent State of the Nation address. We need all of those going at the same time, if we have any hope in hell of getting over load shedding? Uh, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, the idea, I think the complexity or the uniqueness of the ESCOM is just completely its size and scale. Um, it's almost 400 billion worth of, of debt that's there, but the complexity comes in and it's not all one big loan. Um, they com- uh, a range of different actors that need to be negotiated with. And they, what we would expect in this budget is clarity on which debt uh, they can take on, when they'll take it on, and that they don't make any legal or credit mistakes that could uh, prejudice any of the lenders because ultimately this entity, as core as it is to the economy, needs to continue to borrow for its capex going forward. So I think people, the, the, the country needs clarity on that they've really understood its cash flow problems and that they've really understood that the interventions that they're going to put in um, really uh, plug uh, the gaps and uh, we can all take confidence that um, the entity can get onto the right path. It's got a litany of problems. One of the key ones is that it just doesn't have the cash flow to um, invest in the capex to the extent that it requires. Um, Just to give you a a couple of numbers is that uh, over the last financial year, they were spending about just over 30 billion on capex, which is the same as the interest cost they were paying that year. And so it's just uh, the, the extent of the debt repayment they had last year was 102 billion there. So I think it's just uh, a case of um, for, the, for, the, for, for the remaining three to four years, they have big debt maturities. And the only way the company can make space to pay those um, is um, if uh, the government steps in to pay them. Yeah. Well, we'll find out in uh, just under nine hours. Jones, thank you very much indeed for your time and your insights this morning. Jones Gondo is a senior research analyst at NetBank. Our focus this morning has been on the state-owned enterprises and how the finance minister should treat them when he delivers his uh, budget speech for 2023. Wake up. It's your early breakfast. With Africa Milani.